0: Welcome to part three of a three-part series on Buddhism. In part one, we looked at ancient Bihar in the era before Buddhism, including the Vedic era and Jainism. In part two, we met the Buddha and we discussed his actual teaching or dharg or philosophy. In this episode, we will examine what happened after the death of the Buddha. Before Diving into the spread of the philosophy, I want to take a few minutes to define the main Buddhist self-classification types. These are typically two. The Theravada or the Mahayana. The Theravada is the most accepted name of Buddhism's oldest existing school. Modern Theravada comes from the Mahavira order a Sri Lankan branch of the Miphajavada tradition, who are in turn a sect of the Indian Satvira Nikaya. This tradition began to establish itself in Sri Lanka from the 3rd century BCE onwards. It was in Sri Lanka that the Pali canon was written down and the school's commentary literature developed. From Sri Lanka, the Theravada Mahavira tradition subsequently spread to the rest of Southeast Asia. It is the dominant philosophy in Cambodia, Laos, Myanmar, Sri Lanka, and Thailand, and is practiced by minorities in India, Bangladesh, China, Nepal, and Vietnam. The Mahayana tradition accepts the main scriptures and teachings of early Buddhism, but also adds various new doctrines and texts such as the Mahayana Sutras and its emphasis on the Bodhivasta path. Though initially a small movement in India, Mahayana eventually grew to become an influential force within Indian Buddhism. Large scholastic centers associated with Mahayana, such as at Nalanda and Vikara Manisha, both old centers of learning, Nalanda being the world's oldest university, thrived between the 7th and the 12th centuries in Bihar. Okay, with all of that established, Mahayana and Theravada, we can move on to where we left off in the previous episode. After the death of the Buddha, Buddhist Sangha or the monastic community remained centered on the Ganges Valley, ultimately spreading from its ancient Bihar heartlands. The first Buddhist council is supposed to have been held just after the Buddha's parinirvana and presided over by Mahakapasa, one of his most senior disciples, at Rajgir, Rajgir is now in modern Bihar, with the support of King Ajashastra. After an initial period of unity, divisions in the monastic community led to the first schism of the Sangha into two groups the Sattavira, the elders and the Mahasamkika, the Great Sangha. Most scholars agree that the schism was caused by disagreements over points of Vinay, or monastic discipline. Over time, these two monastic fraternities would further divide into various early Buddhist schools. During the reign of the Mauryan Emperor Ashoka, about 273 to 232 BCE, Buddhism gained royal support and began to spread More widely, reaching most of the Indian subcontinent. The Maurya Empire was centralized by the conquest of the Indo Gangetic plain, and its capital city was located at Pataliputra in modern Bapna. In the Mauryan era, internal and external trade, agriculture, and economic activity thrived and expanded across South Asia due to the creation of a single and efficient system of finance, administration and security. The Mauryans built a precursor to the Grand Trunk Road from Patliputra all the way to Talaxia. After his invasion of Kalinga, Ashoka, the emperor, seems to have experienced remorse and began working to improve the lives of his subjects. Ashoka also built wells, rest houses, and hospitals for both humans and animals. He also abolished torture, royal hunting trips, and perhaps even the death penalty. Keep in mind that Ashoka openly also allowed other Indic philosophies such as the Brahmanic, Orthodoxy, and Jainism to also flourish. Ashoka propagated theology by building stupas and pillars urging, among other things, respect of all animal life and enjoying people to follow the Dharma. He has been hailed by Buddhist sources as the model for the compassionate, ideal, universal ruler. The Kalinga War was fought in ancient India between the Mauryan Empire under Ashoka and the state of Kalinga which was an independent feudal kingdom located on the east coast in present-day Orissa and northern parts of modern Andhra Pradesh. It is presumed that the battle was fought on the Duhali Hills in Duhali, which is situated on the banks of the Dea River. The Kalinga War was one of the largest and deadliest battles in Indian history. Kalinga, ironically, did not have a king as it was culturally run without one. Ashoka had seen the bloodshed and felt that he was the cause of the destruction. The whole area of Kalinga was plundered and destroyed. Some of Ashoka's later edicts state that about 150,000 people died on the Kalinga side and an almost equal number on Ashoka's side. Though legends among the Uriya people i.e. the descendants of the Kalinga natives, claimed these figures were probably exaggerated by Ashoka. That being said, it is believed thousands of men and women were deported from Kalinga and forced to work on cleaning wastelands for future settlements, i.e. not a good outcome. Ashoka himself tells us, and I quote, Beloved of the gods, King Priyadarshi, aka Shoka conquered the Kalingas eight years after his coronation. 150,000 were deported, 100,000 were killed and many more died from other causes. After the Kalingas had been conquered, beloved of the gods came to feel a strong inclination towards the Dharma, a love for the Dharma and for the instruction in Dharma. Now beloved of the gods feels Deep remorse for having conquered the Kalingas. The Kalinga War prompted Ashoka, already a non-engaged Buddhist, to devote the rest of his life to nonviolence and to Dharma Jay, meaning victory through Dharma. Following the conquest of Kalinga, Ashoka ended the military expansion of the Mauryan Empire and began an era of almost forty years of relative peace. Also, the Edicts of Ashoka would let us understand. A feature of Mauryan Buddhism was the worship and veneration of stupas, large mounds which could which contained relics of the Buddha or other saints within. And I use the saint word loosely. It was believed that the practice of devotion to these relics and stupas could bring blessings. Perhaps the best preserved example of a Mauryan Buddhist site is the Great Stupa of Sanchi in modern Madhya Pradesh, dating from about the 3rd century BCE. According to Ashoka's plates and pillars, emissaries were sent to various countries in order to spread Buddhism. As far south as Sri Lanka, and as far west as the Greek kingdoms, the neighboring Greco-bacterian kingdom and possibly even further to the Mediterranean. Some sources state that Ashoka convened the Third Buddhist Council around 250 BCE at Patliputra, modern Patna. The objective of this council was to purify the sangha, particularly from non-Buddhist aesthetics who had been attracted by the royal patronage. Following the council, Buddhist missionaries were dispatched throughout the known world, as it is recorded in some of the edicts that Ashoka has left behind. The edicts describe the efforts made by him to propagate the faith throughout the Hellenistic world, which at the time formed an uninterrupted cultural continuum from the borders of India to Greece. The edicts indicate a clear understanding of the political organization in Hellenistic territories. The names and locations of the main Greek monarchs of, of the time are identified and they are claimed as recipients of Buddhist doctrine. the II, Theos of the Seleucid Kingdom, Plotomy II of Egypt, Antigonus Gontanus of Macedonia, Mavas in Chesania, i.e. modern Libya, and Alexander II in Epirus. Indeed, Buddhist gravestones from that era have also been found in Alexandria over in Egypt, decorated with the descriptions of the Therma Wheel. The presence of Buddhists in Alexandria has even drawn the conclusion that they influenced monastic Christianity. Indeed, Clement of Alexandria recognized Bacterian Samarsans for their influence on Greek thought meaning that Ashoka was somewhat successful in getting the word out to the Greek-speaking world. Sri Lankan chronicles like the Dip Valmansa state that Ashoka's son Mahindra brought Buddhism to the island during the 2nd century BCE. In addition, Ashoka's daughter, Sanghamitta also established the Pikukini Order of the Nuns in Sri Lanka, also bringing with her a sapling of the sacred Bodhi tree that was subsequently planted in Anuradhapura. Buddha. These two figures are seen as the mythical founders of Shunamkan Theravada. They are also said to have advanced the philosophical narrative to the king and many of the nobility. That being said, the first architectural records of Buddha images actually come from the reign of King Masabha, in 65 to 109 BCE. Back in Patliputra and Bihar, the Shunga dynasty, 185 to 73 BCE, was established about 50 or so years after Ashoka's death. Buddhist religious scriptures, such as the Ashoka, Vadana, allege that an Orthodox Brahmin was hostile towards Buddhists and persecuted the Buddhist monks. However, it is mostly likely that after the Mauryans, the patronage declined and monks were not morally or financially supported as much as they were before. The Greco-Bactrian king Drometheus I, who reigned 200 to 180 BCE, invaded the Indian subcontinent, establishing an Indo-Greek kingdom that was to last in parts of northwest South Asia until the end of the first century CE. Buddhism flourished under the Indo-Greek and Greco-Bacterian kings. Behanda reigned from one hundred sixty-one thirty-five 135 BCE. He may have been one of the most famous and have converted to Buddhism and is presented in the Mahayana tradition as one of the great benefactors of the faith on par with Ashoka or later Kushan king, Kanishka. Speaking of whom, the Kushan empire from 30 to 375 CE, was formed by the invading Yuus nomads in the 1st century BCE. It eventually encompassed much of northern India, modern Pakistan, and Afghanistan. The Kushans adopted elements of the Hellenistic cultures of Bactria and the Indo Greeks. During Kushan rule, Gandharan Buddhism, from Gandhar, modern Kandahar, was at the height of its influence and a significant number of buddhist centers were built or renovated. The buddhist art of Kushan Gandhara was a synthesis of Greco-Roman, Iranian, and Indian elements. The Gandharan buddhist texts also date from this period, written in Gandhari Prakrit. They are the oldest buddhist manuscripts yet discovered from around the 1st century CE. Emperor Kanishka, one twenty eight one fifty one CE, is particularly known for his support of Buddhism. During his reign, stupas and monasteries were built in the Gandharan city of Peshawar. Also importantly, Kushan royal support and the opening of trade routes allowed Gandharan Buddhism to spread along the Silk Road to Central Asia, the Tarim Basin, and thus to China. Kanishka is also said to have convened a major Buddhist council, either in Gantara or in Kashmir. After the fall of the Kushans, smaller kingdoms ruled the Gandhari region and later the Hephthalite White Huns conquered the area around 440 to 670 CE. After the Gandharans, under the Heptalites, Gandharan Buddhism still continued to thrive in cities like Bacteria. After the end of the Hippolyte, Empire, Gandharan Buddhism declined in Gandhar proper and generally in the Peshawar Basin. However, it continued to thrive in adjacent areas like the Swat Valley of Pakistan, Gilgit, Kashmir and in Afghanistan in sites such as bamiyan Yes, that Balmyad. Buddhism entered the Han Chinese via the Silk Road beginning in the 1st or 2nd CE. Theravada Buddhism developed from the Pali Canon in Sri Lanka, as I have already mentioned, and spread in Southeast Asia. Meanwhile, a different Buddhism was transmitted north, through North India, into Central Asia and into China. Direct contact between Central Asian and Chinese Buddhism continued throughout the 3rd to 7th centuries, much into the Tang period. From the 4th century onward, Chinese pilgrims like Faxian and later Xuanzang started to travel to northern India in order to get improved access to original Buddhist scriptures. The Indian form of Buddhist tantra reached China in the 7th century. Tibetan Buddhism was likewise established as a branch of Vijayana in the 8th century. Buddhism continued to flourish in India during the Gupta period, i.e. the 4th to the 6th centuries, which brought order to much of North India. Gupta rulers, such as Kawara Gupta I, supported Buddhism. He enlarged Nalanda University in Bihar, which became the largest and most influential Buddhist university in India and in the world by default, for many centuries. Nalanda remained a central place of study of epistemology. The Chinese traveler, Xuanzang completed the patronage of Emperor Harshvardhan, about 590-650 to CE. Zhejiang also noted that in various regions, Buddhism was giving way to Jainism and Hinduism. After the fall of Harshav Empire, the Gangatic Plain saw the rise of many small feuding kingdoms. This was to last until the rise of the Pala Empire in the 8th to the 12th centuries in the Bengal region. The Pala's were staunch supporters of Buddhism and built several important Buddhist centers. They also supported older centers like Nalanda and Bodh Gaya, both in Bihar. It was, after all, at these centers that scholars developed philosophies like Yoga and Pranamna, as well as the study of linguistics, medicine, astronomy, music, painting and sculpture. Great Buddhist scholars such as Astisha and Sanskritra date from this period. Under the Palas, Buddhism thus flourished and spread to Tibet, Bhutan and Sikkim. A milestone in the decline of Indian Buddhism in the north occurred in 1193 when Turkic Islamic raiders under Muhammad Kinlaji burnt Nalanda. By the end of the 12th century following the Islamic conquest of the Buddhist strongholds in Bihar and Bengal by the Delhi sultanates Muhammad bin Khilaji and the loss of political support coupled with social pressures, the practice of Buddhism retreated to the Himalayan foothills in the north and Sri Lanka in the south. Additionally, the influence of Buddhism also waned due to Hinduism's revival movements such as Avidar and the rise of the Bhakti movement. Buddhism arrived late in Tibet during the 7th century. The form that predominated via the south of Tibet was a blend of Mahayana and Vijayana from the universities of the Pala Empire of the Bengal region in the eastern part of India. Buddhism was introduced in China during the Han Dynasty, 206-220 to 220 CE, and was present around 50 CE onwards. Although archaeological records confirm that Buddhism was introduced sometime during the Han dynasty. It did not flourish in China until the 6th dynasty's period, which is around 220 to 589 CE. Some of the earliest known Buddhist artifacts found in China are small statues on money trees, dated to around 200 CE in typical Gandhámin drawing styles. There is disagreement on when exactly Buddhism arrived in Vietnam. Buddhism may have arrived as early as the 3rd or 2nd century BCE via India, or alternatively during the 1st or 2nd century from China. Whatever the case, Mahayana Buddhism had been established by the 2nd century CE in Vietnam. Buddhism was introduced to the three kingdoms of Korea beginning around 372 CE. During the 6th century, many Korean monks traveled to China and India to study Buddhism and various Korean Buddhist schools developed. Buddhism prospered in Korea during the North South States period, when it became a dominant force in society. Buddhism continued to be popular in the Gyro period of 918 to 1392, particularly the Zen part of Buddhism. Buddhism was introduced to Japan in the 6th century by Korean monks bearing sutras and an image of the Buddha. During the Nara period, 710-794, Emperor Shomu ordered the building of temples throughout his realm. The numerous temples and monasteries were built in the capital city of Nara, such as the five-story pagoda and the Golden Hall. Since around 500 BCE, the culture of India has exerted influence on Southeast Asian countries. Land and maritime trade routes linked India with the region and both Hindu and Buddhist beliefs became influential there during the period of the Indianization of Southeast Asia. For more than a thousand years, Indian influence was therefore the major factor that brought a certain level of cultural unity to the various regions or countries. The Pali and Sanskrit language and Indian strips, together with Tarveda and Mahayana Buddhism, Brahmanism and Hinduism, were transmitted from direct contact and through sacred texts and Indian literature, such as the Ramayana and the Mahabharata. In the Indonesian island of Java, Indianized kingdoms like the Kalinga Kingdom, 6-7 centuries, were destinations for Chinese monks seeking out Buddhist texts. The Malay Sriwijaya, 650-1377, to was a maritime empire centered on the island of Sumatra, adopted Mahayana and Vijayana Buddhism, and spread Buddhism to Java, Malaysia, and other regions that they conquered. Theravada Buddhism in Burma initially coexisted with other forms of Buddhism and even other religious beliefs. After the decline of Buddhism in the Indian mainland, Theravada Buddhist monks from Sri Lanka mounted missionary efforts in Burma, Thailand, Cambodia, and Laos, and they were successful in moving all these regions to Theravada Buddhism. During the reign of the Khmer king Jayavarman VII, about 1181 to 1218, Theravada Buddhism was promoted by the royal family and Sri Lankan monks, including his son Tamil Nada, who himself had travelled to Sri Lanka during the 13th and 14th centuries. Buddhism, a philosophy, a philosophy that started amongst many other philosophies that just grew. Through ideas, through people, through word of mouth, from its origins in Bhatna, Bhatliputra, Bihar, all the way throughout India, through empire, through Central Asia to China, through Northwest Asia to Southeast Asia, through trade, and then to the rest of the world. The Buddha was not a Messiah and didn't claim to be one. He was a chap who just wanted to improve his own self. And with that, technically he believed he did. And he then wanted to explain that to the rest of us through the ages. And technically he did. Buddhism should not be seen as a religion because it was not one and it is not one. Hindus venerate Buddha as an avatar of Vishnu. That doesn't need to happen. Others create huge statues of the Buddha and pay homage and worship. That doesn't need to happen either. All you really may need to do to understand Buddhism is just look at the teachings of the Buddha. Think about the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Paths and the Four Tanyas, the Three Marks of Existence, the five aggregates of clinging, dependent origin, karma, nirvana. You could and should, if you have the time, visit Bihar, go to Madhut, go to Bodgea, go to Nalanda and check out some of those ruins. That's pretty much it. Thank you once again for taking the time out to listen to the Alternative History Podcast. Thank you so very much.